Well, hello there. You are listening to the very first episode of the Vitamin D Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Day, and I'm here to get you excited about your life. Now, first, let me tell you, vitamin D is a multivitamin for your mind. It is a pun off of my name, you know, like Dawn, the break of day. As you know, you get vitamin D from the sun. So I'm here to shed some light into your life. You see what I did there? On this podcast, we talk about the importance of speaking life. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and I truly believe we have the power to create whatever life that we want. And we got to realize, too, that we have to live on purpose and for purpose. Now, as for me, dawn day, all day, every day, and... I'm from Detroit. What up, though? Right there off of 8 Mile between Evergreen and Lasher. And I'm just a Detroit girl with a big dream and a great voice. The thing that I find more importantly is that people always say have a sense of bringing joy and happiness to their life and just making them feel good and, and providing some good insight. Which leads me to the topic of this episode of Vitamin D, Greater the Vision. Because you can't be what you can't see. So I took some time to talk with a mentor, a close friend, the very first person that gave me an introduction to the public speaking world on a professional level. The one and only CJ Groves about what it means to have the greater the vision, the greater the opposition, the greater the reward. Take a lesson. Get your vitamin D right here with me and get excited about your life. Thank you so much for coming on today. No problem at all. Anything for you, Don, but this is this is uh, near and dear to my heart, like this type of stuff. Uh, you know, I've been doing diversity inclusion stuff mostly. I can't believe it. I look at all this time now um, and I'm like, Wow. I am sitting here with one of my original mentors, CJ Gross, the host with the <laughs> most. Yep, hey, CJ. Yep, yep. The interesting thing is, what is it? The greater the vision, the greater the opposition, the greater the reward. I was sitting here today and I was thinking about our interview. And, or like I like to say, Chad. And I was like, the greater the vision, the greater the reward. But guess what? When you talk about a great vision, it comes with a climb. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's the opposition. So now it makes sense. Because I was like, hmm, I wonder how we're going to put this together. But that was the link. But you just you just said something that was powerful. You talked about you said the climb. Right. So, you know, how you'll go on the Internet and look at like these uh, um, really beautiful uh, uh, photographs of landscape. And sometimes they're up high. And we never think about like how did you, how did that person get that photograph, right? A lot of times they you know the most exotic photographs there's danger whether it's around exotic animals or you know aerial views or on a mountaintop or in a desert or something. So it's like the the, the beauty of the that photo that photograph really is indicative of what was necessary to get there. And I think a lot, a lot of times we're just uh, magazine turners. We're like, that's a nice photograph. That's a nice photograph. But I believe when you can look in your own phone and you have beautiful pictures, there is a story behind those pictures that, you know, is 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 really how you bring your vision to life. Like what you what you went through to get that to make that happen. I'm sitting here and I'm like, wow, because, well, I thought of two things. One, I've been telling people to check out this. uh, It's a Disney animated film. So animation. And it's mm-hmm. called Onward. 
And oh, baby, is it older? Get your life. It just came out like this year. It is everything. When I say on a spiritual, on a uh, motivational, inspirational tip, but just one of the characters on there, she talked about her challenge or her opposition, rather. It was all Mm -hmm. about the greater the risk, Mm -hmm. the greater the reward. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. I'm going to definitely check that out. You got to go all in. And so just when you were talking about that, you know, you think about that climb. But guess what? On that climb to get to that level, to get to that peak, a lot of people don't tread there. And unless you work out those muscles to to, to get there, that's like that's a whole other moment. Whole other moment. Whole other moment. So you taught me that. And, and I feel like when you always talked about the greater division, what was this back? I met you when I was a student at Howard University, mm-hmm. found you on mm-hmm. Craigslist. <laughs> you <laughs> you were Craigslist. looking for an assistant. Who does that? Listen. Need an assistant. <laughs> and you were my first connection with mm-hmm. a motivational speaker. Right. Because, you know, CJ, that's that's the grand vision of it all. I am going right. to use radio and television and voiceover to inspire. Right. right. And then you always yeah. used to tell me, you said, Dawn, I don't say motivate because you get motivated to get started, but you get inspired to change your life. <laughs> Talk about seeds of life. Stop playing with me, CJ. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that. Yeah, this makes me smile because that's it. That's it. Motivation is for a short period of time, and inspiration is for lifetimes. Like, and and this shows right. How many years ago was that? We calculated one time. I think we were between thirteen. Like, yeah, it was something like thirteen. Was thirteen, more than 10, fourteen but years. Nice. Maybe it's more than that. It was a while ago, like 15, Was 13, I like 15. a junior? Look, now you got me telling my age. <laughs> well, that means I'm telling mine too. <laughs> yeah. So we, you know, both of us had our visions and look at, you know, where we are now. You know, you're in California. You're mm-hmm. doing your thing. Um, you pursued it. You know, you're catching it and you're you're ascending. And, and I think that's that's the beauty of you know, the ability to have your vision and, and, and what you um, you want to accomplish and doing the work to create it, to bring it into life, to bring it into fruition. Like you, it's like you're having a baby, but I don't have any experience with that, like having a baby, but you know. Oh, okay. So how about this is a word right now? I mean, I just had to jump up for a second because I actually put that up on Facebook today. Oh, did you? I said, I have been working so hard but I know all this is for, you know, my greater purpose and I'm going to walk in faith with it, that I'm doing things I've never done before, things that I am so uncomfortable with that I want to go hide, that I've sat here and cried, tried to figure things out. I just completed a sketch and I was telling a friend, I said, that felt like I gave birth because I was frustrated. I was crying. And then when I got it out, it was like, yes, yes. We're talking about vision, and I think it's one of the important things that every person that's probably alive needs to have. And I'm like, Absolutely. I don't know anybody better other than you that I would speak to this about. Right. You, ta- you were the first person that introduced to me what it was to have vision and what it meant and, and, right. and the diligence. And, you know, what I've realized, I started meditating uh, end of probably like fall of 2019. 
Uh, and it was just a matter of, I said, I got to get my uh, chakras together. I have to move into alignment. And right. I'm one, and just because of grinding, I'm just constantly hustling and moving and everything, that I'm not doing a self-check-in. And I said, God, I have grinded for years, and I know that I have a long way to go, but I need to move soundly. Right. I need to move with discernment. Because now, you know, you just start realizing time. You start realizing your efforts. And when you sit down and you smell the roses and you're like, okay, God, I see where you've placed me. Order yes. my steps. That's so powerful to, to be in that place. And when you know that you can lean on it more, because I think when you first start out on your journey and your vision, it's like being a baby. You know, you're taking these steps and you don't know why or how. And as you grow you start to think, okay, well, that was meaningful. I didn't see how, but, and then you get to the place where, place where I'm at now, it's like, I know my steps are ordered and I know things are unfolding. There are mm -hmm. some things that I don't know, but there's so much more that I know now because I've seen it in my past. Oh, amen. I felt that one. Okay, I'm you listening. Know, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about our interview and I, well, our conversation. Thank you. I was thinking about sight, you know, like vision and sight. And I remember, I think it was Willie Jolly who said, um, which we, we both, who we both know and, and did the four for, for my book, um, Seeds of Greatness. He said there's four different sights. There's, um, there's hindsight when you can have reflection on what has happened. You know, you're able to look and reflect on, on your past experiences and gain information from that. And um, there's foresight. So when you're able to see the future in your mind's eye and see what you want to come to pass. And then there's oversight. When you've been given you know, resources and opportunities and you oversee those uh, resources and and opportunities like people have opportunities right now that they're not they're not actualizing on like on their job or maybe someone got laid off and maybe they can start a business but they don't have that you know oversight of the resources so they're just chilling laying on the couch not utilizing their time but the most important one i believe is insight so insight is when you're able to gather deep information about yourself or a person in that moment and it's not something necessarily that you can see with the naked eye it, it takes time to know that this is something special this is something i should move on this is something that um and it's something sometimes your your head can't help you with it's like you got to lean into your heart listen my daughter was diagnosed with a serious illness and i had to really make a really difficult choice um, without getting all into it, I had to make a really difficult choice. And there was this opportunity that came up for me. And um, my, my daughter was in this place of transition in the hospital. And I had some support systems. And I really, it was really challenging. It was, it was the, one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make in my life. Because I had to make a decision whether I was going to get on an airplane to capitalize on this opportunity or was I going to stay in the hospital because I wasn't sure if my daughter was going to get a a hospital bed or not to be moved, right? And so without getting into the particulars of it, I had insight and people did not understand me. They thought I was being a bad parent because I'm, you know, I was a single parent at the time, but they were like, oh, this is chasing his business dreams and all those other things. But it, I had insight. And when you have insight, you move in faith. And I moved in faith and it, and, and it changed the trajectory of my speaking and coaching and training. And from that, I became a international uh, speaker. I, 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 you know, was able to, uh, it led me to a path where I was able to um, purchase multiple homes. 
uh, you know, you know, travel, travel the world, um, you know, work on my fourth book and, um, you know, just so many other things, but a lot of other people couldn't see that at the time. So I think insight is one of those visions that, you know, like in your situation and, and being able to block out fear and all the noise. Mm, and it's so interesting you say that because that's one of the things that I was realizing when it came down to manifestation. And, and if you get even down, biblically speaking, of why do you have to write the vision? And, and for me, what I've realized of why you have to write the vision and how you have to put things in hindsight, because this whole thing about life is a matter of communication. And just like you said, with going in and getting into that insight is getting rid of the distraction and the noise. So what I right. found is that your spirit already knows. That's the intuition. That's your gut that's speaking to you. But Absolutely. at the same time, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And so now we have to have a communication of what's going on to the spirit and with the mind. And hence, right. that's why I'm like, okay, we have to write the vision. We have to make sure to see things. Even if it's not naturally out there, how would you orchestrate it and put it together? And I find that sometimes that's even more fun because guess what? You live your life limitless. That's right. You said it, limitless. Tapping into the potential that we that we all have, but turning that potential within that, within that acorn into the oak tree is the you know <laughs> everybody's like you know that that acorn. We want to be the oak tree, but we don't want to move off the ledge. <laughs> we or don't or we don't want to get a little dirty because we got to get some fertilizer, some nutrients. We think we can oh, just yeah. jump out oh, yeah. there. And fresh fertilizer stinks. Oh, doesn't it? Mm, mm, makes my stomach hurt, but it's beautiful. It's uh, it's amazing. It teaches you just, it gives you everything you need, your nutrients to grow. That's right. It makes you have, you got to go deep. The roots go down before the stalk comes out of the dirt, right? The roots go down to build your foundation. And in that time, you don't see anything, but that's where, that's why it's important to have the insight, knowing that the seeds have been planted something is going down and it's like the same thing you know in your story you 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 know you graduated from Howard University and you know that was just the seed that you were planting part of your education building your foundation and then I was I was I was impressed you were like I'm going to New York I'm out I'm going to go do this thing I'm gonna make it happen and I, and I was excited I was like oh cool and then you went, to, you went to California I was like oh you know you were working with Lisa Nichols you you know and then you yeah. um, made it to the Steve Harvey show and you know and I'm like wow those those seeds you were planting and then they were just starting to take place but you had to have faith you had to you know, overcome the fears that were necessary in order to bring bring into fruition your um, your potential. But yeah, I, I needed some a couple of things that were special. Well, I definitely had my sweat equity with probably some tears of just the the, the go around and go. But I had to go through a process that allowed me to have those nutrients of photosynthesis because I had mentors like you to show me the way. To show right. me the light, which leads me to wonder, what was the inspiration behind Seeds of Life LLC? Because I find when individuals find mentors like you, there's a planting going on. What inspired that? So, I mean, I'm not a gardener. I'm going to try my hand soon, but I'm not really a gardener. But what I do understand is that it's something special about the way agriculture happens. You have to plant a seed in the ground, right? So there's nothing that's going to come up if you plant no seeds, right? Or if you keep the seeds in your pocket, you know, this nothing's going to happen, right? So 
it made me think about in life, you're always, those who, who grow are listening and hearing and, you know, finding information and they're seeking the information. They're not just sitting and waiting. They're actually going out and seeking the information. And those that information is seeds. And in that information is life. And if you plant it into you, the ground, into the soil of your spirit, into your heart, they will, they will, they will birth. Now, here's the thing about that. Some people plant some seeds, but it's not what they want. Whoa. They're planting seeds of dandelions or, you know, you don't need a seed or dandelion. Well, I guess you do. But the point is, you know, they have all these weeds, but they're not planting the things that they want. Like they want apples, they want um, avocados and all that. You have to plant the seeds for those things to, in order for them to grow. Is that because and, they don't have the proper vision for it or what? Well, it's knowledge. Again, if I go to the, if I go to the, um, to the nursery, to you know, we play, we buy seeds. I can tell them exactly what kind of um, trees I want, what kind of plants I want, and they'll tell me exactly what to to um, plant, how much water it needs, how much, um, what kind of dirt to put it in, everything. Plant it in the shade, needs this amount of light. If I'm willing to listen, that those seeds will grow. And what most people are doing is they're not seeking the knowledge. Right. Which the knowledge is the seeds. They're not seeking the knowledge like what you did and like what I did. I had a mentor and I have mentors as well. So people are kind of just trying to figure out on their own. They're just throwing seeds around. Some some are landing on the concrete. <laughs> they're not even going into the dirt. <laughs> and some of them are landing on top of the dirt, topsoil. The, the, the birds are coming, picking them off. And they're like, but I have no crops. I have nothing to eat. No, because you didn't plant it. You didn't nurture it. And, and you didn't get the knowledge to even how to do it. And I think that is one of our biggest challenges because if you don't reach out to someone that is further along than you or has insight on some different components of life, then you're going to stay stagnant. And it's going to happen year after year after year after year. And someone else is going to be sitting, you know, a couple of years later, they're going to be sitting under their tree that has, is producing fruit. And they're going to be over there eating a salad that they made from the fruit that they had planted a couple of years ago. And you're still out there, you know, in the wilderness. And so you have to be willing to um, to step out on a limb. Someone said, step out on a limb because that's what a fruit is, right? And that means like buying a book. You know, that means listen to this podcast, Vitamin D by uh, Don Day. Oh. That means, um, <laughs> shameless plug, that shameless plug. Reaching out to people, <laughs> reaching out to them, going to Craigslist and, and, and answering the ad. You know, someone else saw that ad too. It was like, nah. This probably they ain't real. Finish. They're not really doing it. Yeah, and that's unfortunate because I think so many people have so much talent. And again, I get this from Les Brown. He's like, you should die empty. Just giving it all out. Just coming with not the overflow. Broken, that's different, right? Well, <laughs> not I don't, broken, I don't, not, not necessarily broken, but when I say like dying empty, I don't know if it's necessarily for me if I would ever say completely empty because I would mm-hmm. hope that whatever joy or whatever purpose I'm doing, I'm on overflow. So I'm just constantly going like I never yeah. really lose out because it's more like an energy source or a flow. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what he when he said a quote is that, you know, the world should know that you were here. Mm. If things happen and they can't find you on the internet, you know, what was the whole purpose of you being here? You know, you just sucked up the air, you know, you got on people's nerves. <laughs> Somebody had to deal with your stinky attitude and you didn't leave the world no better than how you found it. I think, I think, I think that's a sin. It should be one of the sins. <laughs> right. Taking up occupancy. When you look at how much life is a gift and it's like, wait a minute, not to treasure it. But here's the thing. You know, I think sometimes we have people that may not necessarily go after dreams or 
necessarily feel like as though they have something to pursue because they feel like they don't have a vision. Like, is everybody give is is everybody given a vision? Can everybody seek a vision? Can everyone attain, acquire a vision? What is vision? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I, I think I think both happen. I think um, you sometimes we're given a vision, but we don't see it, right? Or we suppress it. Um, and I always tell people when I'm coaching them um, and they're trying to figure out what their career goals are or businesses, I said, what is that thing that keeps coming up to you that you're ignoring? What's that thing that keeps you up at night? What's that thing that um, someone you, you think it and you, you, you shut it down, you suppress it, and then someone else says it, and everywhere you turn is that. That is the thing. That's the vision that you're, that, you're, that you're looking away from, you're hiding from. Some people do it their whole lives, and it's like, you know, you would be great, you know, making donuts or something, and you just keep not doing it because you're like, oh, you make up excuses. So that person has a vision, but they're not willing to see it. You know how you get up in the morning and the sun comes in instead of letting the, the sun come in, you, you close the blinds. The sun is still there, but you just close the blinds and those things go back to sleep. Yeah, that's the vision. Wow. When you put it like that. And, you know, for somebody that might be listening to us, the vision, it should be so big that it scares you, right? Yes, for, for you. I've met people that they didn't want to, you know, travel the world and those things. They wanted to go back to school to be a teacher. But they didn't want to let their parents down because, you know, they're a doctor or engineer or whatever it was because of their culture. They, they felt like they couldn't do it. So, so for us, like that's I wouldn't want to take away that money, but that's not a big deal. But for them, it's a big deal. So one person just wants to go to school. So it doesn't have to be for them. That is a huge monumental um, vision. So. So, yes. Um, it, it's big, but it's big and relative relative to that person in their experience. So when it comes down to you and you talk about how greater the vision, um, what's the vision you have for your life and are you living it out? Yeah, great question. Um, so the vision that I have for my life is to inspire, motivate people uh, through uh, writing books, doing videos, um, podcasts, uh, write, <laughs> uh, writing articles, speaking at, speaking at um, conferences, um, creating uh, financial opportunities, residual income, owning uh, real estate, um, you know, just inspiring people at all levels uh, and work with Fortune 500 companies, CEOs, things like that. So yes, I am, I'm living that vision. Uh, I'm excited about it. And that's what keeps me going. I can, and that's where my energy comes from because I'm doing something I love to do. And I didn't start out doing it um, where I was making money. I started out doing it for free. And it, that, so you started off saying motivation versus inspiration. If I was only motivated, we wouldn't be making this connection right now because I would have given up because I wasn't making any money. So there was no external motivation to keep me going. But the inspiration, the same inspiration I had then is the same inspiration that I have now. It gets me out of bed. It makes me think, oh, who needs me today? Or not me, but who needs me to walk my path today so that they can help find their path? So did you know that your path was going to lead you to be a speaker? Like, no. when did you, yeah, how did this come about? <laughs> no. <laughs> Listen, check this out. I actually wanted to be a engineer. I wanted to be a mechanical engineer. I wanted really? to be an engineer. The reason why was because my vision was limited to the vision of the people that are around. And um, my mentor was a um, electrical engineer. Uh, my mom was a weapons specialist, so she was she was a, in the tech field. Yeah, don't ask like her. Like weapons, like oh wow. If she tell if you, she tell 
what she has to do, right? <laughs> um, and my dad was a, a uh, electrician. So everyone was very technically inclined around me, right? And, and that was part of the part of my vision for my life. And although in my spirit, I realized one day I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew it from like 10 or 11. But once I got older, it was like, what do you really want to do? And I started to shape and form my vision based on what I saw my family do. And which is nothing wrong with that. If that's what your, that's what your path is to be. And so I didn't see, I didn't fully connect to my vision again until I saw Willie Jolly speaking one day and he was, you know, motivating the crowd. And I was like, I want to do that. Okay. So wait, <laughs> what stage of your life or how old are you when you realize oh, I want to do that? I would say I was definitely in my twenties. I would probably say I was 20, between 27 and 30. Okay. I, I became a mechanical designer. I worked for General Electric, you know, and I, and, and I was, I was good, but I didn't, I, I didn't like my job. I actually hated my job with a passion. Yeah. And, and the problem was, you, you know, this is bad when they do layoffs, they lay off half of the company. And you're mad because you're not laid off. You didn't get laid off. <laughs> I was mad. Oh, man. I followed my path to training, speaking, and coaching and all those other things. But here's the thing. I believe that my steps, you mentioned this earlier, steps our steps are ordered. I was meant to go through the to go through the um, experience of being becoming a mechanical designer and working in the engineering field. And the reason why that was important, because my first job out of engineering was a teacher. And at the time, I did not have a degree. I went back to school to get my degree um, to be a uh, draft person uh, to teach the kids that have been incarcerated um, drafting skills and entrepreneurial skills. And I had to have so much time under my belt working in that field. So the reason why I didn't get laid off, I can look back now, had I had one less year, I would not have been able to receive my um, teacher certification. And I ended up making $10,000 more than what I was making. Yeah. And now, you know, full circle, that was 15 years ago, full circle. I'm actually speaking now to engineering companies. I'm speaking to the Toyotas. I'm speaking to the Turner Constructions. Wow. I'm speaking to the companies that all have the technical skills in there. And this just happened um, this week because people are now trying to figure out what's going on with the situation uh, with the social injustice across the country and people are reaching out to me, but the people that are reaching out to me are the manufacturers, the uh, engineering companies, the construction companies, because that's my background. So it's all come full circle come and it's on a global scale. Amen. It's on a global scale. What, what you say? What? And, you know, it's so interesting because I think that some people feel as though that the vision has to come by a certain time. And it's just like it just has to come in the season where you receive it, because it's like if you were to take a cut cake out of the oven too soon or if you're cooking any food or if a baby comes out, you know, there's a reason why you have to go into seasons. And I even thought about that when you were talking about the seeds and so forth. It's not only of where you're just throwing it, but what kind of soil are you putting it in? Absolutely. And it does not go in the microwave because that doesn't work. Hands it 30 seconds and okay, I'm going to come out with a big old tree. You know, you, you have to labor. And that's why I cannot be motivation. That's be inspiration. You have to labor and it needs to be a labor of love because if not, you will not have the discipline or the fortitude to, to go and to, you know, turn the soil, you know, uh, to, to water 
put water on on the on the seeds to uh, to think about it to figure out how to get experts out there and do all the things you need to do and if you're only motivated by money then you will want that microwave situation and that um, you know again I quote Les Brown a lot he says that your true treasures are in your heart so follow your heart because that's where your your treasures are and in your head is where your fears are oh. Yeah, that's not mine. I can't take that. That's less brand. And I probably jacked it up a little bit there. No, but I got the whole situation because sometimes we get so caught up in our head thinking the how to, why not, what for, and when versus just being in the moment and and just literally feeling each beat. Yes. And moving to the rhythm of your own drum. You know, I was actually just thinking about that today with everything that's going on with the social injustice. And a lot of the question reigns is that, you know, should those people that appropriate the culture, whether you're into music, whether you're into film, if it inspires you, should you be required to speak up? And just like when we talk about your passion and your purpose, you got to realize it's not something that you put on when it's convenient. You're going to live in it regardless. And as long as you're speaking with your truth, you don't have to blast off and let it be known a moment. It's just something that's going to attract you. And kind of like that same thing when you talked about how the vision is always there and you kind of get signs, you kind of get reminders. But then if that fear comes into play where you're constantly in your head and not allowing yourself to be, how can you receive it? I was thinking even when I asked you, I said, well, when did you know you wanted to be a speaker? Like for me, I know I always want to entertain and I like to speak. I just like to talk and just say, hey, everybody. And probably the earliest memory, I went to Montessori school. So preschool. I did not know that. Yeah, I'm a Montessori girl. (laughs) So uh, we put on like a lot of plays and stuff. That Mm -hmm. was a moment. It was invigorating. But then when I knew it was something like for real, for real, Mm -hmm. it was when I was in high school and this guy came on stage. I went to all-girl high school. Not that that part matters, but we had something like it was like a, um, not a, I don't know what a seminar or a pep rally. It was in the auditorium. And this okay. guy came and he was on stage and he was just up there talking. And I remember he showed people how to do the moonwalk. People were <laughs> screaming. I was like, and from him, I learned the moonwalk, by the way. That's how you learned it. I did. You know, I got it. Um, and I was like, wait a minute. What is this? And people mm. are just yelling, just engaging back and forth. And I was like, wow, people are having a good time. And now I'm the same girl that's in this same high school where we say prayers over the PA system. That's a moment. Like people are coming down was like, Dawn, was that you? And I'm like, that was me. Thank you. Because I've always just taken. <laughs> so you've always been in the light, you know, like that's awesome. So and I, it was then that I found out. I said, wait a minute. You're telling me you can get paid to speak. Wait a minute. You're telling me you can pay me to help other people feel good about themselves. Come on, that, it's like the drug that keeps That sounds crazy. It sounds odd. What? But here's the thing. Even if I feel that, even if you don't want to be a speaker, it doesn't mean that you can't experience the same thing. Because like you said, when you start to go with the passion and what's inside your heart, you're going to realize that you are going to attract people no matter what you do. Whether you're a person that's good with numbers, whether you're a singer, that's the song that you're singing. Whether you're a writer, that's the book that you're writing. A painter. It's just whatever I like to say your song is. Just sing it in your tone. 
Yeah, absolutely. Sing I just came with that. Come on, stop playing. What you say? <laughs> You're absolutely right. I think that we, you know, you mentioned it, and and it's like we were missed if we didn't talk about it. It's like fear. It, the only thing that holds us back is fear, you know, and um, it's crippling. Unfortunately, it's like driving a car with the parking brake up. You don't realize it until you realize it, and then being able to put that parking brake down, which means that sometimes it's about really, you know, going against what you've been taught, what you've been maybe even taught in school, your parents taught you. It could be going against what um, society says is, 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 is appropriate. Um, and then, in, you know, we, again, in our heads, we lay in our beds and we, we um, ruminate over these, these things because our heart is like, I won't let me out. <laughs> I got something to share. And our heads are like, no, lay back down. And the, the problem is um, Jim Rohn said this one. He said that um, pain now or regret later. So instead of taking action to do what you need to do now, you will regret. You will regret. And I, I, my dad, he's, he's um, in his latter years. He's in the years that, you know, he's, he's regretting some things. And as I'm sharing with him some things that, that I'm doing now, he's so excited. And he says, you know, I wish I would have I done those things. But here's the thing. It's never too late. And um, speaking about my dad, um, my dad was the type of person, you know, he's, 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 he smoked cigarettes. He, he, he drank lots of alcohol, you know, and he had diabetes and he really didn't take care of himself. And not until he was, and he, until he was in his 70s did he, did he change into a vegan. It's craziness, right? And by him changing into a vegan, and first of all, I was motivated and inspired by it. I was like, if he can do a vegan, you know, this guy. And what that did for him, he, he was able to get off medicines. You know, it's 70-something years old, knocking on 80 years old. He was able to get off his med- medications and maybe some other uh, miraculous changes in his life. And that's the thing. So you can have regret, but no matter how old you are, what your situation is, if you have kids, if you have a big mortgage, you have student loans, you know, you live in a developing country, you don't have a lot of money, or maybe you have too much money because that's, you know, it's, I have too much money, you know. There, it's never too late until you are not, you're not here anymore. Hello. I always tell people that you have 48,600 chances every day to live your best life because there are 48,600 seconds in every day. But hold on a minute. Uh oh, work it, work it. Here's the thing that I realized, and I think I may have seen this in myself a little bit. You know, when sometimes when people think about fear, it's like, oh, I'm scared to do something. Because what if this happens, if this happens to me? Now, what I've found, because I am stretching myself out of my comfort zone, doing things where I'm not good at because I need training to do it, not because I won't be great. It's just that I'm exercising this muscle. And how I've found how my fear is trying to appear and step before me is that I'm stuck. And it's not that I'm scared. I'm letting all of this stuff, like how you talked about getting in your head, all these ideas of the different things to do, rather than just coming clear mind in the focus. And that's what I think for myself, meditation has helped me so much of just centering the vision because it focused, it, it helps me focus to take time to just sit there. I then have the decency to take my journal and write down the experiences. And kind of like how you say these things start popping up. I think also on another side, that's when things start working in alignment. 
When you start getting into that manifestation role, because you'll start realizing that the conversation that you have with something else, someone else is appearing for you, maybe on the television or maybe with another friend, or maybe somebody just gave you a note or you received something in the mail. And I think it's just so important for people to realize that when you have a vision, when it's great, it's outside the comfort zone. And it doesn't mean you're scared like a monster, but it means you just got to move. Wait a minute. Can you say that again? Because that was powerful. You said when you have a vision, it's going to be outside the comfort zone. (laughs) (laughs) People need to hear that. They need to hear that and know that that's the reality. It's like, it's not going to, you turn over the bed and it's right there because that's, that's not a vision that you're behind. And that's what you can actually see. And remember when we talked about vision and actually what you spoke about is greater, it's beyond the eye. It's like the horizon. It's like the seeking, the scope of it all. And it's like, okay, why can't you have that? If you were able to conceive it, why can't you achieve it? Yeah, that's it. Because you gotta believe it. Believe and achieve. So as far as, you know, your vision, as far as speaking and speaking to all these tech companies of opening your houses, traveling the world, what do you think is the most valuable part about having a vision? And what is something that you are working on now that you're manifesting in one of your visions? The best way to describe it, I was in a mentorship program once and I was a mentor coordinator. I had a guy come and speak and he said the hardest thing that people understand about mentorship is that the reason why mentorship is important is because I'm going to say this um, slow because it was so powerful. He said, you can't be what you can't see. What? Yeah. He said, run it round one more time. He said that if you want to be, because we were mentoring young boys, right? He said, if you want this boy to become a man and have these attributes, not just physically be a man or be a male, but to be what we consider to be someone that's upstanding and, you know, all these other things, he needs to be able to see it. With his very own eyes, he needs to be able to touch it. He needs to be able to ask questions. He needs to be able to mimic it. He needs to be able to walk into it. And if you can't see what it is that you want to be, you will be whatever. If you just keep looking at a rock all day, you're going to become that rock, right? Because your brain wants to, to create, right? Your brain wants to recreate whatever it sees. And if you just see stagnation, you know, I said a rock, but it could be, you know, people in your life, they're not going anywhere. And you just keep hanging around them, your vision becomes, you know, meshed into what you see in their vision and what they've created, and you become only that. And so you if you're not very clear on the possibilities for your life, you know, you won't get outside of your own community. You won't go to the gym. You won't go look at that car. This is a good one here. It's a good one. Um, many people like, oh, I want a new car, you know, I want this and that. Now, I have a whole process of manifestation. I have a process for manifestation. And it starts with a vision, and you need to be able to touch it. So anytime I want something new, and this is scary for a lot of people, but this is my process. When I want something new, I, I actually will create it. So, for example, if I want a new car, which I have done for the last five cars, here's what I do. I, take, I get a, a photograph of the exact color, the exact year, the exact model with the interior and exterior color that I want. I cut a, either I cut a picture out or, you know, now we use the digital thing. right? <laughs> and then I look at it, I look at it, I look at it, I put it on my vision board and then I go test drive that baby. I go test drive that day. I, I get in that thing. And, and I remember going to test drive a car. Once I, I test drove like this Tesla, it's like, um, I can't afford this car right now. And they're probably going to look at me crazy. That's the fear talking. 
Right. That's the fear talking. And I remember sitting in the car one day thinking about the what I was projecting onto the salesperson, thinking that they they're probably thinking, I can't afford this car. Well, I can't afford it. And so I started to hold that to be the truth. And once I shifted that, because I knew what the vision was, it was so powerful. Not only did I get and this happened five times consecutively with the last five vehicles that I that I've owned. I got down to the exact color. Last car that I purchased, the exact color, the exact model, the exact um, interior, the mileage, the cost, everything. That has happened to me five times in a row. And so you you have to not be afraid to go. If you want to buy a house, I sent you a picture of the house that, that I was looking at. I didn't think I could afford it. I would have never thought about, you know, building a house. I don't build a house. Do I build a house? I might. Do I build a house? Why not? <laughs> I built houses. I went to go look at that house and I was inspired. And when I, the faith part was putting down the money, which was only 5% of the money I had to come up with. I didn't know where the rest of the money was coming, but I was inspired. And here's how powerful it is when you have a vision and you walk towards your vision. Me walking towards it was putting down the initial down, the down payment and deposit. The rest, I was like, I don't know, but I know I'm getting the house. And I wanted, someone asked me this the other day, was like, but how? Because I came up with I manifested $40,000 in less than six months. And when I say manifest, I'm talking about not out of my paycheck, but I manifested out of other opportunities because I wanted it and I was inspired. And, and people always say, well, what do you mean manifest it? This is what I mean. I was traveling and was in Canada. And when I was in Canada, I, I normally travel and people are always like, hey, you know, if you get off the airplane and get up your seat, we'll give you $200, you know, some uh, you'll get a, a, a discount on the next flight or something. And I, I'm never able to do it. And plus it's like $200. I'm only sleeping in the airport for $200. So the one time this, this happens to me, the one time I'm able to do it, they say, listen, if you give up your seat, we'll give you like a thousand dollars or something. And I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, that's a decent amount of money now. I'm willing to do that. <laughs> Long story short, I give up my seat and, and it starts out at a thousand, then it goes to 1500, then it goes to 2000, it goes to $2,400. So they give me $2,400 to give up my seat when it has never happened to me before. And I've never heard that price before. Why did that happen? It happened because I took faith. I, I, I walked in faith and moved towards it. Another thing happened. I got an email from General Electric. That was my last engineering job. They said, you have an unclaimed account. And in that unclaimed account, I'm not lying. These can't lie to you about this. There was a um, there was an amount of money like five thousand dollars, like for something like that, five thousand dollars, almost five thousand dollars of money just came out of nowhere. So stuff like that, stuff like that, just kept happening to me until it accumulated to about forty thousand dollars of income that did not come out of my paycheck. And I can't tell a person what? that the money's going to come from here and here. All I can say to a person is when you have a vision, walk in faith. And maybe that's putting $20 down on something. And maybe that's getting up early in the morning. Maybe that's your payment towards it. Um, but I can guarantee you if you if, if, it's, if it's your true vision that um, things will happen in your favor and providence will step in and build bridges. And that type of thing, that's the biggest, you know, one of the biggest things, 40, manifesting 40,000. We were talking about we're going to take 24 months to save up out of our paychecks. But instead, it came in the way of opportunities in less than six months. And I showed you a picture of the house, right? <laughs> that's what I wanted to show you because that's right here. 
And that was always a vision of mine to have a, a house that has certain things in it. And I wrote that vision down a long time ago and it, and it's manifesting. And so be specific about it and, and attention. And that's OK. So we got to cut. I don't even know where to start at. Oh, OK. Well, let's just sit here. That's why I am so gun ho about speaking life. Yes. You have to be intentional with your words and understanding that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And even when you were talking about living in it and being into it, one thing I heard well, from a good friend in New York, his name is uh, Raphael Gordon. He goes by Rigor Motivations. And he would say that my location is not my destination. Where you're right absolutely. now, it doesn't dictate where you're going. It only gives you a, a, a little smoke trail of where you've been. And just like how you said, the things that have, may have appeared before in your life and you realize they circle back around, yeah. they don't knock you off they, your feet like they used to. And sometimes you got to go through it at this level so that when you get really yeah. high on that level because you're seeking out the vision, that same vision that you probably had to go down to go up so that you can spring forward or maybe you yeah. had to plant the roots down a little bit before you grow up. That's the same thing we got to do. And it just reminds me of, of a song by Meek Mill. And this is something that actually started out with vitamin yeah. D. Yes. I would use just the lyrics of popular music. Not at all. Yeah, it was off absolutely. of his dreams chaser. You mean, yeah, uh-huh. His dream chaser. <laughs> he said, if you want it, you got to see it with a clear-eyed view. If you want it, you got to see it with a clear-eyed view. I'm going to tell you this now. First time mentioned on the podcast. CJ, there are times that I've caught myself and it's almost like my body I'm I don't know what it is but I've caught myself that I'm standing and I'm literally <laughs> speaking to the wall inspiring there's times that I've sat down and I can feel well, one person that I look up to in, in the industry a lot is just as far as a woman oh yeah and just being limitless is Queen Latifah there was a time I sat down and it was almost like I could feel her energy as if I'm like, it's already there. It's already done. And I'm just crying because I say, my God. And that's what keeps me holding on when I want to stop. And just like I was telling you with that Facebook post, like I'm working a lot, but I know that the promises. And I think that when you are searching for a vision and you may not feel like it's coming directly, you got to remind yourself right. of the promise because there was a seed that was planted inside that gave you the ability to fathom Absolutely. to imagine what this vision is and here is the thing the thing that i find interesting cj is that we ask for these grand visions right but just like you made reference that every day that you wake up and that sun is beaming through and you got to close the shade right because the light is so bright. When you talk about having the greater division, which is going to have a greater opposition, but guess what? It's going to ensure that you have a greater reward. You got to understand oh, yeah. that's light that you're looking at. Right. And you got to position yourself. I, I, have a, I have a question for you, though. You, oh, uh, <laughs> yes. Because you, you know what? Um, you mentioned something about uh, Queen Latifah, which you've met, right? I've met her but on one of her shows, been in your house, met your yeah, best like, friends. So like, I want to talk about your vision because, you know, what we talked about was all those things that happened and, and, and you doing your thing. And then I would just watch, um, I would be on social media and I would see you with like um, Kevin Hart. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know Steve Harvey, um, I, you know, Oprah. I saw you on the Oprah show. Is that Don? And I'm like, 
I'm talking about inspiration. You talking about inspiration? I mean, I would see you with all these people and you would just be like, there's no thing. So it's like, you weren't like the starstruck person. You were just like having coffee and tea with them or something. What is it like to be able to now be able to have conversations with people that are on that level, like the Queen Latifahs and, you know, and my question to you is who is the person, you meet so many people, you know, I don't know if you get starstruck anymore, but who's the one person that when you met them, and it could be Queen Latifah, but when you met them, you were like... <laughs> you couldn't stop smiling, right? Like, who's that? Because you met so many stars, so many big people. I mean, you met oh, oh, it's Oprah. Like, what else? Is she said my name. Happen? She knows my name. Okay, what we got a couple things. So, well, you know, the one that got me was Queen Latifah. Yeah. I was in eighth yeah. grade. Uh, this is around the time now. Whether the book came out specifically then, but it's like eighth or ninth grade. But it was like um, Sister Soldier was really big, and it was yeah. all about the coldest winter ever. Everybody was reading Eric Jerome Dickey and every, all of those books. But they had something called a Tampax Total U Tour. First of all, I didn't even realize that I looked up, I admired, I adored her like I did. Like, I think probably because I saw like a, a woman that looked like me and she was unapologetic. She could, you know, she could rap, she can sing, she could act, she could produce. She did it all. She was TV limitless. Products, TV, everything. Like you're a cover girl. You're everything. And, you're everything. and guess what? You walk with so much authority that you have it where people address you as queen. What? <laughs> so anyway, go back to about eighth or ninth grade. We're at the 10 packs total U tour. So they had it. They did their little speech and then you could walk up there and she's doing her thing with cover girls. So probably talking about hair color or no, actually it was probably about the, the lipstick with queen collection. Do you know I walked up there? <laughs> I ain't even get a chance to get a word out. <laughs> she's like, Oh baby, it's okay. But I was crying. I, and I had met even then, like probably meeting some celebrities and still to this day, no one has gotten mm. me like that. Now, when I did meet Brandy, I got nervous and I was acting out of pocket, just doing like weird, just weird stuff. Like, why are you doing that? Did you just say that? Uh, did right. you just <laughs> but to the point where overwhelmed with emotion was Queen Latifah. And I oh, think wow. here's the thing too, whatever your belief is or whatever I find that people um, aspire to do or whatever guides them, you got to realize that you do all that you can do and then you have to rely on your faith because if you're doing so much work of trying to figure it out, it goes sure. back to that same thing where you talk about fraction, I mean, friction and all that static where you can't hear. Right. See, if, if it's already been ordained and it's already promised, I don't have to ask for it because I continue to want it. I have to do the thing and claim it that it's already mine. So right. even with meeting Queen Latifah, I didn't, I, it never hit me like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. I said, mm -hmm. I'm going to meet her. It's only a matter of time. Even you when it came it. out to LA. So hold on. Met her first. I was eighth grade. I was crying like crazy. Then the uh -huh. second time she was singing some jazz concert in New York. Right. Went up there and I mean, I got the picture up on my Instagram at Dawn Day Speaks. Check it out. And I right. mean, I am down to the sweats. And I remember she was she had she was on stage. She was on her head in her heels. Then she had some glittery snicker, sneakers waiting for her when she got off the stage. And I remember everybody boom rushed to the gate. And I was like, no. And everybody was screaming her name. Queen Latifah, Queen Latifah. I must have looked at the security guard. I said, sir, please, can I get a picture? Boom, got the picture, right? Ooh. Wait a minute, I'm not done yet. Then let's fast forward some years down the line. I never worried about, oh, am I going to meet her again? 
I know she's going to be the homie. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to tell her about it, about each instance that we've happened. Okay. I would always tell people that we're going to be so cool. You, it, it's not going to be like the picture that you see, the actual vision of the picture of us standing next to each other. When you see me and I'm just with the crew, just chilling, you know, it's real. But I'm going to go back to that because getting back to what you said about being specific with your words. So even coming out to LA, I live in this area called Med City. My friend lived over here. He said, he said, boo. He said, Queen Latifah is over here. I said, what? This is why I'm still in New York. I said, what do you mean? He was like, there's a store that has her picture in there. I know she comes in there all the time. And because I even seen her walking down the street. I said, you're lying, right? Fast forward probably three, four years after that, I moved to LA. I'm in the area. I'm at the store. I'm like, wow, that's the picture. Still didn't realize how I was going to meet her yet. Had signed up. I was going to enroll in an internship with Sony when she had the Queen Latifah show just so that I could intern on the show. Still didn't fret, didn't worry about it. I couldn't register for the class. Didn't get that. Then when I felt the vision came over me when I had came out here and I was practically working a, a year at a company called Unsung where, uh, or it was called A. Smith, but we produced Unsung. And I knew that I said, it's time for me to go. I didn't know what I was going to do, but it's just talking about you got to go out on the limb to grab your fruit, right? So I knew I had some fruit with some seeds on the other end that I had to get to. So I had let that job go. I had an email that popped up, right? Before I moved out to LA, it was on backstage. And it was like, oh, we're looking for curvy women who need a makeover, want a stylist. Now, usually this email that they send out, you have to be subscribed on their subscriber list. Otherwise, they just give you the heading and then you have to go ahead and um, sign up to their website to apply. Well, let me tell you how my God is set up. The email that they sent out had all the information for all the castings. Now, what? I'm not model height, size, or whatever. But I said, you know what? Let's go ahead and do it. Let me go ahead and apply for a makeover. Mm -hmm. I am doing a show. It's called Curvy Style. What Mm -hmm. I come to find out, okay, well, let me tell you. I auditioned to get made over. I'm working at my, my job at this online radio station. The producers called me and they're like, wow, we love you. Instead of being someone to get made over, how would you like to get paid to be on the show? What? Not even done yet. Guess what? The guy's show that I'm going to be on is Queen Latifah's stylist. What? Stop playing with me. That's when people tell me and when they're like, oh, it's not possible and how you can't manifest. I'm not even all the way there yet. And I am a living proof. Yes, I'm on her show. Wait a minute. Now, this sounds kind of creepy. And everybody listening, call it what you want. Because back in the day, if somebody threw a shirt at you or just even signed a piece of napkin, there were times that I'm thinking to myself, I am pulling clothes for my idol. I am. I put your shoes on my feet, shoes that she is not wearing anymore, of course, or that they're giving away or even just seeing garments or here's a dress, even down to the point where back to where I said that you got to be specific about what you say. So even as you said, uh, OK, I said I wanted to be to part where I'm hanging with her crew. We were doing a cover shoot. Uh, was it, I don't know if it, I think it was for Vanity Fair. It was a double shoot. It was with Lee Daniels. So it was the show, I think it was Star, and then it was another show. Anyway, we were doing it for Queen Latifah. I said, I prayed to God. I said, God, please don't let me act like a fool. 
I was like, <laughs> I can't afford it. Because then it had been in the distance or I seen items, but not to be like, you right here on my face. Like, I'm right here. Like, what's up? Okay, this is what happened. We're at the warehouse, okay? They got it all set up where there's like tents and stuff. And I'm just right. saying, Jesus, please don't let me lose it. So we're in the room. I'm setting up. I'm making sure the shoes are out. And this is all lingering because I was on this makeover show where she was the executive producer. And this <clears throat> stylist is her stylist. So we're doing a job, which is for her she comes in there wait a minute you got to understand remember I told you there were two people I tripped out about I said Queen Latifah and Brandy made me nervous the DJ got the music going all right she already has the dress on we got to figure out the shoes and the earrings all of a sudden I want to be down by Brandy is on (laughs) <laughs> and Queen Latifah's lyric drops. I'm dying because she's in there. She starts rapping. Dawn, please don't freak out. And then oh. the song is done. And so I said, hi, I'm Dawn. And she was like, I'm La. And I want to be like, I know who you are. <laughs> but here's the thing. Even as we were walking around there and we're going to another building for her to do an interview, that same thing where I said, we're going to be to the point where I'm going to be part of the crew. I was yeah. part of the crew. Part but see, the vision, I'm about to be the homie. She said, I'm lie. Right, lie. Oh, I've, I've met her best friend. And this is not on some stalker thing, but it's just the thing of having that vision, you realize you attract that. And just mm. knowing, walking in conviction and authority. So when you say like, Dawn, well, how did you manifest this stuff? I think because I kept chasing what I loved. I kept chasing the long hours. I I sit and think back, even at being at Howard, I would be working in the studio for 12 hours a day. That led me to have that grind ethic to to put me in front of working with the likes of a Steve Harvey or perhaps that ambition that allows me to be on the show and Oprah's like, Dawn Day. And I'm like, hey. I said, is that that? Oprah speaks your name like that but you gotta understand this too when I was in New York and I I had an article that actually came out in the New York Times I know that a voice for radio with Oprah's ambition CJ Mm. Gross I'm gonna be bigger than Oprah Mm. how dare you be so bold to say that Dawn because the vision is that great and and when I say that I'm saying having the magnitude and to be able to touch like I'm going to do Sure. One, one thing you said earlier was, and I think we, we, we definitely need to, to lift that up, is that you said authority earlier, having authority. And I would say audacity, like what you just said, I'm going to be both bigger than Oprah. The authority and the audacity to say something like that will bring brief life into it. And then you mentioned also, we whether a person spiritual or not, I'm just going to call it, you know, you know, some people call it higher, higher nature, God, spirituality, the universe. But your thoughts are prayers, right? And whether you're sitting down on your knees and praying, dry eyes closed, you know, in a certain type of prayer, or if you're just saying it or thinking about it, it's you're praying and you're consistently praying. And, you know, God or the universe, whatever you're calling, if you believe, is bringing it forth for you. And it's that that authority and when you say your words are vibrating and bringing those things into your life and I love your story about uh, Queen Latifah and you were constantly praying you were constantly meditating on it you were constantly having a vision for where you were going to be in the future and you wasn't thinking about what what am I going to have it 
And I, I think as kids, we, we, we had them when we were kids, you know, in, in my generation, you had the Sears or Robux catalog and you cut out the bike that you want and you, and you talked about it, you thought about it all day long. And it, it wasn't called a vision board back then. It was called a collage. <laughs> Where's a collage? It was called a collage. And you would put these, these pictures on the collage, which we later on turned into a vision board and you would hound your parents and you would know everything about that one thing. And eventually, you know, Santa Claus, your parents put it under the tree and you got it. But you didn't stop until you got it. Or you got a paper route like I did and got it yourself. And so I think uh, that's so powerful how you bring the, that story uh, to the forefront. And it's very inspiring. It's very inspiring. But like, girl, like I was on your show. I've met your best friend. It's only a matter of time. And I'm going to sit here. And, and it got to be to a point. She got to see me. And it's like, girl, like. Are, like you what's up no I'm yeah, not I'm following you like that but listen let her through come on yeah, that's not <laughs> and people are like alright you got the vision you got the energy the vibe and it's like listen listen and here's the thing I don't even know why this is all turning about Queen Latifah okay let's go back to the vision <laughs> but it's a good story though that's all that matters like you know right, cause you know we, and I think that's what I'm hoping that somebody gathered too that you gotta have visions that make you giddy like that you yeah, gotta have yeah. visions that just sound yeah. outlandish that you said something like that because that's what's gonna keep you going when you're tired. That's what's yeah. gonna keep you yeah. fired up when you feel like being blown out. That is so important. I developed a program, and more so recently, about um, uh, you know living a life by design. Mm-hmm. And a part of that first phase is the vision. It's funny we're talking about that. And um, and one the lady said to me, she said, "Well, why why did you you know how'd you come up with this program? I usually write books and, pro- and do programs based on my own personal life. That way, I don't have to think that hard, do research." <laughs> and I said, um, I'm "Many of people, but I know myself. I wanted to have a life that mm, was a life that I designed in my head, not that someone else designed. And what did that life look like? You know, traveling the world, doing different things, and having a um, experience that supported you know things that I like, like sleep. I like sleep." So I don't want to do things before nine or, eight, nine or 10 o'clock in the morning. That's, and it's something small, but it's big for me. And I want to be able to travel. So, you know, a week or two, if we close our, our house, you know, I'm going to the house in Puerto Rico and I'm going to be working on my next book. And that was the vision for me to be in a real property, you know, in a, in a, in a um, warm tropical environment, you know, working on a book. And at that point, I didn't even have a book. <laughs> wow. And so I, I love the fact that when we talk about these these ideas and these these thoughts that we have, um, some people might, and that's why I think it's important to hear the story, because if, if, if we just talked about, if someone just heard, yeah, I'm, I do Steve Harvey show, I've done this and that, they're like, oh, but they, they create a narrative for you that's not true because their their narrative is, is based in fear. And so it's important for them to hear your narrative where you first started, my narrative for where I first started to realize we started where they are or lower. And we got to this place and um, it is possible to do it. And a lot of times it, it happens through someone hearing someone else's story. And that's why I think it's so important to communicate. It's so important to share. It's so important to water one another, to need each other, our soil, because we are all connected in some kind of way. Absolutely. And it's just so important that when you talk about even putting the elements in the process to cut together to have the vision that it takes different pieces, it takes different experiences, it takes different viewpoints, because that's when you look at it in a culmination of everything that comes together, then you're like, oh, wow, this vision has been completed. 
or it's Absolutely. manifesting in a way, or as you said, you're just living in it. And so mm-hmm. that's what I want to encourage people. Like whatever your vision is, already be the vision. Don't wait to receive the vision. Be Absolutely. the vision. Be the vision. Because you got to act as if you already are. You got to claim it as oh. if it already is. Because guess what? If you're not acting as if it is already, how would you know how to act when it comes? Absolutely. So I got to train my thoughts. I got to train my positioning. I have to train my movements, my words to reflect Mm. the life that it is that I want because art imitates life. And when Mm. we talk about creating, we are all artists made piece by piece from a master. You said something I wanted to mention a quote by by, uh, Les Brown. He says, you don't get what you want in life. You get what you are. You don't get what you want in life. You get what you are. So if you're thinking whatever it is that you're, you're, you're constantly attracting those things into your life. And some people said, you know, <laughs> I won't use the words that say you ain't, you know what, right? It's like you put that out. You want to get that. And um, you're vibrating. That's like the law of attraction. You're vibrating at the level of what you're getting. So if you don't like your life, it's because you're attracting that. And, and even in your relationships, it's like, you know, I heard people say, man, she crazy. He crazy. It's like, well, <laughs> well, if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it probably is a duck that's with some other ducks. <laughs> now, you, you mentioned to me before, and I saw you mention it now, you talked about a program, but I understand that you write a book too. So, yes, I'm, I have a lot of projects going on. And you did ask me that question. I was like, she asked me a question. I told her, well, that's what we do. Um, yeah, so what do I have going on now? I am working on a book. It's called What's Your Zip Code Story? And it's about class bias. It's overcoming class bias and, and how you rise above it. And because a lot of the work that I do now from a speaking perspective is um, like diversity, inclusion, and equity work. So class bias, but it then gets back to this doing your own work. Um, and then I'm also working on a website called Impact Harbor, which people will be able to go to to gain information and um, motivational information, personal development. Uh, one of the first programs that we're going to put up is Life by Design. And so whether a person can afford individual coaching, they can do group coaching. If they can't afford group coaching, they can, um, they'll be able to go through the um, automated program where they sign up and they'll watch videos and they'll have PDFs and they have access to a coach um, via email and it'll be at a price that they can afford because without personal development, I feel like it's really hard to get to where you want to go if you don't have this information. So we wanted to bring this information down to anyone's um, ability to, to access it. So that's, that's um, those are the main things that I'm working on right now. So if, if somebody wants to find some more information, is there an email address or website or... Sure, they can actually go to um, impactharbor.com. So that's I-M-P-A-C-T-H-A-R-H-O-R.com. I hope I spelled it right. (laughs) (laughs) If not, put it in Google. Impactharbor.com. They'll be able to find the beginnings of of that um, program there. And then we're just going to continue to expand. And and what is this program going to help people do again? So it's going to help them personally and professionally to develop themselves to get to their, to reach their goals. That's the, that's the bottom line. So what's the difference between having a vision and having a goal? So a goal, a lot of times people think it's like tangible. It's a, the goal is the um, steps to get to the, the vision. So for imagine yourself going up some steps, right? Now, if I'm, if I'm going to go to the upper room, I don't know if anybody remember that, the upper room, <laughs> I got to take steps to get there. Now, each step is a goal. Right. 
but it is not the upper room. It's not the room or the place that you're going to. So each step is a goal. So if you want to, you know, own a business, maybe you have to apply for your LLC. The vision is not the LLC. The vision is the, the business. The goal is the LLC. The goal is the funding. The goal is the knowledge. You know, you might have a goal to get a mentor so you can learn how to do business. So goals are super important, but they lead up to the vision. Gotcha. And you got to understand, too, that those goals are still as important and they, they shouldn't be treated like anything less because it's still yeah. another leverage, another level. The goals um, are usually tangible, like something that you can touch. And the vision is something that usually can. Both are important. And um, I think that people did do they get off track when they can't hit their goal and then they, and their vision kind of goes to the wayside. So, um, yeah, so goals are definitely important, but the vision is what's going to keep you out of, you know, get you out of bed and get you motivated. When you hear stories, you know, it allows your brain to connect with this, this picture because one of the things is we don't think in, um, in words, we think in pictures. So if I say red rose, no one's thinking about the, how you spell red rose. They're seeing a red rose in their, in their brain, in their mind's eye. So it's not like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get a car. I'm going to be living on the beach. I'm going to, you know, you write it out. No, you need to see that thing. You need to be able to visualize it. And in in that vision, um, it starts to manifest. So it's like, if you, if you wanted a new car and you go, you start obsessing over that car, you start to see that car everywhere you go. You start to see those shoes everywhere you go, that house or that degree or whatever it is. And it's because of your um, reticular activating system which allows you to focus on certain things because it's in your consciousness and awareness to bring it forth into your, into your, um, into your awareness. And that me. goes right back to what you were talking about, about what is your level of vibration? What are you attracting? If you want to sit there and you want to muddle with other people, you have no business of muddling. You guys will just muddle at that level together. But sometimes you got to change your situation. You have to evolve with some of the people that you're with. And then guess what? You started tracking what you want. You know, and I tell people that as well when you talk about vision and, and going after what you want is that you have to treat things like you have an all white outfit on, meaning protect your surroundings, being mindful about what's around you, being mindful of your words, being mindful of your thoughts and being mindful of your surroundings. Yes, so, absolutely. I hear you on that, CJ. And yeah, now, so is there anything else that we did not cover talking about vision that you might want to share or talk about? I would say the minimum minimum tips to manifest vision, you know, definitely have a vision, write it down. Um, read as much as you can possibly read about what it is you want. Find a mentor, someone who is doing what you want to do. Um, and it's not just to inspire you, but find someone to do what you want to do. Um, and I would say taking action and getting outside of your comfort zone is one of the best things because once you've jumped in the water and realized your feet cannot touch the ground, but you can still swim and you didn't die. That's so powerful for your self-esteem and, and, and your, in your, in your, in your belief in yourself, because faith is what you can't see. Belief is what I have, what I can't see. So if I jump in the water and I don't know I can do it, I've never done it before. But once I've done it a couple of times and I, then I know I can swim. Now I have belief. So you have faith first and you have belief and you only get that by taking action outside of your comfort zone. So I would say those are the, those are the steps. That was all poetic and stuff. That was great. <laughs> I don't know about that, but... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that was so great. Thank you for um, believing in me. Thank you for taking ch a chance on me. Yeah. Um, I thank you for all the years that you just called and just check in. Hey, Dawn, I'm just checking in and say, hey, it means the world. 
And when I look at, you know, my aspirations and the things that I want to do as people like you in my life, that it's like, I owe you. I owe you for taking time with me. So thank thank you. you. Always pay pay, pay it forward. You know, just like you're mentoring, we mentor mentees. And um, I am absolutely blessed to have met you and to to watch you grow on this journey. So and, and many more things to come. I receive it in the name Um Shandala. <laughs> All right. So uh, thank you so much, CJ. I appreciate you. Now, when I look back on this and my time talking to CJ, I kept thinking about how in order for you to make your dream a reality, you have to take responsibility for it, for crafting and, and nurturing it. You have to realize that your dream is your baby. And on this journey of giving a, a birth to your dream and your vision is going to be uncomfortable, but it's your vision, so it came to you. So spend time with cultivating it. Understand what it is that you want and what you're going after. It reminds me of a line from Meek Mill, and he said, if you want it, you gotta see it with a clear-eyed view. So again, I have to ask you, what is your vision? How big is your vision? And are you living out the vision for your life? I want to thank you for tuning in to the first episode of the Vitamin D Podcast. I want to thank you for being part of my dream. Thank you for experiencing this trip. I want to also thank Jennifer Leingruber for taking a chance on me. I'm just so excited to go on this journey with you all in an exploration of change about what it truly means to live your best life and, and, and do it intentionally. I'm shooting for the stars and I'm ready to make a change in me. So are you ready to make a change in you? How about we make it together? And you know what? There's no better way to start it than your weekly dose of vitamin D every Monday. And I'll have some more inspiring conversations to help you get excited about your life. Okay, well, that's it for your dose of vitamin D. Now I want you to follow me on all social media at Dawn Day Speaks. That's Dawn, D-A-I Speaks on all social media. Until next time, always remember, you are your greatest asset.